You're listening to the Nursing Home 411 podcast. I'm your host, Eric Goldwine, and the upcoming show is about a resonant-led documentary, Fire Through Dry Grass, which offers a rare look inside a New York City nursing home during the COVID-19 pandemic. I strongly recommend checking out the trailer on their website, firethroughdrygrass.com, and you can find that link on our show notes, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on nursinghome411.org. Hope you enjoy. Here's our music by Silverman Sound Studios. Fire Through Dry Grass is a documentary that follows a group of poets through their experiences at a New York City nursing home during the COVID-19 pandemic. One of those poets, Andres J. Molina, has been the engine powering this project and capturing incredible footage inside the facility. And he's here with us today, uh, along with his co-director and producer, Alexi Neofatidis. Uh, welcome to the, to the show here. Thanks. Thanks Thank for you for having, having me. Yeah. I want to start by setting the scene at Kohler. Uh, and Jay, I believe that's where you are right now, correct? Yes. So can you give, can you give uh, uh, the listeners a little bit of context about, what the, about the Kohler Nursing Home, uh, where it is, uh, how big of a facility it, it is, and any other context you, uh, you think is important? Yes, of course. Yeah, um, Kohler is on Roosevelt Island, New York, um, which is the island between Queens and Manhattan. And the facility is kind of like nine acres long. And, and there's also um, um, like the lighthouse in the back, you know, in the northern tip of the island that we like to go and spend time there, which we haven't been able to go in over a year. Are there a lot of people in the facility, in, in the nursing home, and what's kind of the makeup of the, the resident population? Yeah, there, there's about 500 residents here. Okay. And like... 1,300 staff, staff members. Great. Great. And Alessi, you, if, if I have this right, you grew up uh, on Roosevelt Island, right? I did. Um, yeah. Roosevelt Island is, has a really interesting history um, in the context of New York City. Um, originally, it was home to the Lenape, and then it went through Dutch, British, and eventually was... Part, you know, owned by the city. And in the 1800s, it became a place where the city would sort of stash its so-called undesirables. There was a penitentiary, a smallpox hospital, an almshouse. Um, and for years, it, it was kind of like this. And then it was redeveloped in the 60s and 70s to be a residential community, um, a place to bring together people of all abilities and socioeconomic backgrounds um, and to me and, and that's when my family moved there so we were sort of like um, one of the, the pioneering <laughs> um, families of that time of fir first wave of residents of people that that were moving in there um, so I always knew of Kohler and at the time there was another rehabilitation hospital on the other end of the island Goldwater which has now gone and it's a big um, there, there was sort of a wave of gentrification about 
that started about 20 years ago. And, and in that wave, um, that part where Goldwater is got redeveloped into uh, Cornell Technical uh, Tech Campus. Yeah, Tech? Cornell Tech, yes. Cornell mm -hmm. Tech Campus. Um, I don't live there anymore on the island. So, but, but I lived there for my whole childhood, about 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I was looking at a map early, uh, before this interview. Uh, I'm, I'm in Astoria, Queens, and I think I'm like technically a mile, a mile away. I wouldn't want to swim that, but uh, it's between Manhattan and Queens. Uh, and it's, um, I, I've lived in New York for several years. I haven't been to Roosevelt Island, uh, but, but I appreciate the, the context uh, you're, you've given. And Jay, how long have you been uh, at the facility for? Yeah, I've been here since 2016. Okay, great. Basically, yeah, yeah basically five years. Mm -hmm. And and Jay, you had the same experience, right? Like you used to live on the Lower East Side, and you'd you'd always go by and see the island and didn't know what it was. Yeah, I used, right? to, I used to live by in the Lower East Side, Manhattan, and when I would take the FDR sometimes to go uptown, I would see the island and I would wonder, well, what kind of people live here? Mm -hmm. And now you're. Uh, I don't, I guess it's fair to say you're kind of like stuck on the island, uh, given that there's a lot of restrictions in place. Uh, we're recording this on March 25th, uh, 2021. Uh, you can probably count the number of times you've left the the campus in the last year, right? Yeah, actually, I haven't left the campus at all in the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what's the scene like right now? Are there, uh, I know for the last few weeks or so, there's been uh, quarantines, uh, it, despite despite uh, more residents being vaccinated. What's the scene right now for you? Yeah, um, you know, basically we all feel institutionalized up in here because not just the facility is on lockdown, but when a certain you, somebody, some patient or nurse comes back a positive for COVID in any certain unit, they close that unit too mm -hmm. for 14 days. So it's basically being in a jail within a jail. That's a uh, really like helpful way of putting it and also a like uh, troubling way to describe it, a jail within a jail. Uh, so this, this documentary, uh, I've seen the trailer and a 15 minute clip of it. And it's, it's a very, uh, it, so it has footage from inside the facility, uh, thanks to uh, Jay, Jay's efforts and uh, the poets he's working with uh, and Alexi's team. And it's, it's a very 2020 project in that it has footage, it has Zoom conversations, uh, it has uh, clips of text messages. Uh, and it's also the theme of this documentary is uh, poetry and, and the arts. And Haley, if you could uh, play a clip um, from, uh, it, it's one of the poets, uh, Vincent Pierce, Vinnie Pierce, is that his name? Yeah, Vin Vincent. Vincent Pierce. Vincent Pierce, he's, he's one of the poets that the documentary follows. And uh, here's a clip from the, from the documentary. Uh, through these hard times, or will I become another victim to the silent killer? I've been exposed, but that still doesn't qualify me to be tested. Which shows me this world can't be trusted. They say nobody knows, but someone always knows something. Will I survive through these hard times? 
or will I finally meet my fate? Thanks. Uh, so that's the that's one of the the parts uh, that really grabbed my attention. Can you uh, tell us about about uh, about Vince and who he is and uh, about his role uh, in this project? Yeah, uh, Vince is also one of the subjects in the in the documentary, which is three of us: uh, myself, Vincent, and Var. And um, V is a um, audio audio engineer, like he makes beats, he makes music. Actually, he came, he produced an album called Reality Pass Poets Volume One a few years ago. Um, and he's also, he's been really active in, in um, been really active doing activism. And he has a movement called Nursing Home Lives Matter, which he created by himself with the help of um, the Open Doors directors and co-directors. Um, so you know he's basically advocating for people in, in nursing homes about the isolation and the the way we all been treated through this pandemic. And you're a group of poets, right? So there's you you do poetry and film work. Vince does uh, poetry and film work. Uh, what is yeah. the role the role of poetry uh, in this film? Why poetry? Uh, what do you think that brings to this message? Yeah, well, basically, we we are within the Open Doors um, um, organization. There's a selected group called the Reality Poets, and there's six of us on that group, in which we go to schools and we talk to kids about gun violence and the consequences of gun violence. And since we are called the Reality Poets, all our poems are about reality, things that happen to us, and that's how we started in doing poetry. We basically didn't know how to write poetry. And then at the beginning, we did a lot of workshops with poetry um, um, artists, and they led us through that path of writing poetry. And then we basically became very good at it. You know, we kept coming with poem after poem. And then we realized that since the poetry is a part of us, it should be included in the commentary. Got it. And, and you mentioned open doors. Can you give... Uh a brief introduction about what Open Doors is. Yes. Um, Open Doors is a nonprofit organization that um, that has people with, with their um, advancement and how to learn a skill or something that could help them when we go get back to the community. Did you two connect via Open Doors or how did you, how did you two connect on this project? Oh, well, Alexi is somebody that I met a few years ago. I was giving a grant to do a project. And basically, I was giving a, I was giving a grant to hire a filmmaker, you know, a like, seasoned filmmaker, to help me learn some filmmaking skills. And um, I actually talked to two people. I talked to Alexi and another lady. But, I, but after I met Alexi, that was it. Like, we clicked right away. So I, I figure like this is the person that I want to work with. And she's been such great help. She's been my mentor, my friend, and my confidant through these times. I um Jay, so Jay was in Kohler, and I'm just adding on about um mm-hmm. my, my my part in that Jay. Um I have an old professor from film school actually 
who I keep in touch with who moved to Roosevelt Island. Um, and she knew that I grew up there and had a deep love for the place because actually I think even my, um, I had to make a video to get into film school and it was about the island. <laughs> so she knew from like years and years and years ago how tied I was to the community. And she also knew that I had been teaching for the past almost decade uh, various, at various places in New York City. And she used to go and sort of sit with Jay and give him some feedback on his thing and knew that he was looking for someone. So she facilitated an introduction. And then, yeah, as Jay said, we just right. hit it off. Yeah, and the, the rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and this this film is called Fire Through Dry Grass. Uh, why why that why that title? We got to give props to our other producer. It was her idea. Um, yeah, I like basically that that's referring to a comment that Cuomo made during one of his press conferences, in which he said that COVID nineteen will go to nursing homes like Fire to Dry Grass. So mm -hmm. our other producer, Jenny Lee Brewster, which is also a co-director of Open Doors, um, she heard that and then she figured that that could be a great title for it. And we all agree. Yeah, yeah, as soon as she said that, it was another thing where we were just like, yeah, that's amazing. Great. Um, yeah, and that fire, like if we're to think of, I'm guessing, and maybe maybe this is wrong, but I that fire was initially thought of as just COVID itself, but it seems that that fire is COVID. It's the uh, jail within a jail. It's the isolation. Uh, is that fire? It's a, we're a year past, we're more than a year into this thing. And I think the COVID rates are heading in the, in a good direction, but it seems that there is still a fire there, right? Yes. Yeah. I think you just described it so well it's all these kind of things and i think covid was what really sort of illuminated all of these other other things that are going on um there and then or, or may, maybe not even illuminated the, the loneliness and the isolation came out of all of these sort of policies but this idea of none of the residents really having a seat at the table um, to decide what their life is going to be like is really problematic. And as the trailer shows, uh, it's uh, the people in in this uh, at Kohler are going out of their way to try to, to give themselves a voice. They're talking to uh, administrators. They're talking to uh, policymakers. And it's fascinating to, to me uh, because people associate nursing homes with uh, elderly um, who um, are often silenced. And this is a different demographic that I think is really uh, had a positive impact, not just for Kohler, but has been a voice for other, um, other facilities. And granted, the results are... Uh, troubling nonetheless, but I, I, at least from my angle, it does seem to at least be uh, penetrating the uh, public discourse. That's interesting. Yeah. What, how do you see that? And I'm curious. So, so again, I, I have a, uh, I, I don't, maybe I'm, I'm not the, the best representative of the public discourse, but I see this project, it's gotten some publicity 
and at least for me it it gave a it gives a different perspective a different view of of residents in long-term care facilities but from my angle it has it has uh, had some impact uh, from a publicity standpoint but i, I really uh, i can't i think it's a reasonable question because i am uh, at a long-term care advocacy organization so i'm kind of like deeper into this um well so, that, that's why it's so interesting i was uh, you know mm-hmm. curious to hear what you had to say about that because we are trying it's not really a traditional way to go about things to also have an impact campaign going on at the same time that you're working on your film but that's what we're trying to do because it is such um a timely important issue at the moment so we are using the trailer and that 15 minute piece that you saw to have large conversations with people um and get the word out really mm-hmm. about what's been going on and and have these conversations across different platforms um so it adds an extra layer of work but it's important right. you know it's important work and it's so great that the poets already are part of this organization called Open Doors, which is small but mighty, I would say. And they have their own connections and have been really pushing the story along. So it's it's been great to be able to have this film to, to be using as a tool in, in their work and in the work um, of Nursing Home Lives Matter that, that Vince is doing also. So all of these things can sort of live at the same time um, and be you know, pushing the movements forward. Right. I realize I'm using my hands a lot and this is a podcast, <laughs> so. <laughs> I feel that. Uh, so uh, Jay, you have a kind of a dual role here and, and Alexa, you too, but I'm gonna start with Jay. You're a resident at the facility and you're a, uh, a co-director of this, of this documentary. How has your position uh, developing this project uh, impacted how you've just felt about your uh, just your position as a human uh, living through this challenging experience? Has it uh, in any way um, changed your perspective for the better, for the worse? Uh, but how, yeah, how, how has that impacted you? Yeah, it has definitely changed for the better because, you know, these people don't really want me to show what's going on here. You know, so now that gave me more of, of, of like a push to actually do it. Mm-hmm. You know, to show the world what's going on in the facility and what's going on with the other patients and the way we are being treated. So that's why I just went ahead and did it. And you, you Alexi, you kind of have multiple roles. One as a co-director but another as someone who knows these people and as someone who grew up uh, near Kohler uh, how has how has your uh, your position uh, within the documentary kind of shaped your perspective on on nursing homes and specifically this nursing home it's completely shifted the way I think about nursing homes I had, even though Jay and I were friends before this, I had, and, and I grew up on the island. So I would from time to time go and 
to Kohler, use the bathroom, you know, like we knew a couple of people there, but I wasn't intimately involved with the ins and outs um, before this happened and what the, the policies are inside and really feeling what it's like to live live inside somewhere for years and have it be your home. Um, and, and I think an important thing to bring, and maybe I'll bring that up now is that so many of the residents who live at Kohler love living there. Some people have said to us after they have watched this trailer and the 15 minute piece, oh, or even Jay has had some people who work at the hospital say, you know, make sure that we have a job when this is over. You know, I think that's a lot of it. That, that people people are scared that Kohler might get shut down. And that's not the point. Roosevelt Island is an amazing place to live, especially if you use a wheelchair. The island was created as a residential community with curb cuts, so it's like easy, easily accessible. It's a small island. Jay can wheel from Kohler, go to the store by himself, have, you know, have a sense of, I mean, he, he is independent um, in a lot of ways. And I think the, the idea is to just make it better. You know, I think a lot of times things come up and then it's really easy to just say, okay, let's shut this down. But then the same problems arise somewhere else, you know, in another nursing home and another um, congregate care facility somewhere else. And that's not what Jay wants. And that's not what the residents want. They just want to have a seat at the decision-making table. Um, and be a part, be a part of that, and be treated really like human beings um, at the same level as the people who are making the decisions about their lives. And in the uh, in the clip that I watched, uh, it's referred to as a a family. It seems there is a community there, and it seems that the fact that there is that community uh, has made this effort possible. This is in the post. I'm using film film lingo, documentary lingo here. It's in post-production phase. Uh, again, we're recording this on March 25th. How can people keep track of this project? Is there a website? Uh, yeah, the, plug away. <laughs> uh, yes, we have a website. We would love for people to go to our website. You can sign up for our mailing list there, firethroughdrygrass.com. Also, we have social media, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Right now we seem to mostly be doing Instagram. We have this awesome intern who's helping us with all of these things, Zachy. And, and we, we love that. I, I mean, I think a lot of this is, is having a community and people behind us and it really makes a difference to have followers and people on the mailing list who, who we can get in touch with when we need some letters sent and, and stuff like that. And also we are still fundraising mm -hmm. right now um, for the film. And there's a link to donate via our fiscal sponsor. Um, so it's a, a tax deductible donation if anyone wants to give to the film project. All right, great. And I'll uh, link to that on the show notes if you're, uh if you're on our website or on Apple podcast, just look in the show notes, you'll get that link. Uh, Jay, is there anything else um, before uh, we wrap up with our recommendation seg segment, anything else you think people uh, should know about, about you or about, about your community at, at Kohler? Is there anything you want to add? 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, um, about me, I'm not just a filmmaker and director. I'm a motion graphics artist and animator too. Um, and about the um facility, like you were talking about us being a family before, that came about because um most of the residents here can use their hands. And then there's a few of us that actually can we can use our hands. So I basically became the hands of like 20 residents. So they will always look for me to, you know, to get simple, simple things done, like fixing the hat or fixing the pants or the sneakers. So, you know, because of that, we kind of like bonded together and we became more of a family because it was more like us taking care of each other. So that led to us being a family. Thanks. And we could, we close the episodes with recommendations. So I'm going to start with you, Lexi, uh, this can be anything. It can be uh, a movie, a book, a song. Uh, what do you got for us? I'm going to go documentary because, you know, we're talking documentaries mm-hmm. here. So why not? Crip Camp, an amazing film. It's on Netflix. And incidentally, I'm, I would say this anyway, but the one of the co-directors and producers are our executive producers on the on the project and we've developed like a wonderful relationship with them they're so amazing and the whole movement that they have going um surrounding their film is so inspiring you know to so many people and the film is wonderful so i recommend that for everyone to watch on netflix and then another film that came out this past year that is also about nursing homes but totally different than ours was so wonderful the mall agent have you guys seen it i have not it's on hulu it's great okay the sorry the the what agent mole agent it's about um should i tell you what it's about give a little 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 taste (laughs) it's about so it's framed it's about Oh, do you remember what country, Jay? What country I'm from? No, not you. The mole <laughs> agent. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, you haven't seen it. Oh, no. I thought you saw it. Um, it's in South America. Um, so it's about a nursing home, and someone is worried about their parent, so they put in this mole who's supposed to be. Um, oh yeah, I did see. It. Yeah. Um, so they they put in this guy who's supposed to be a resident but he's really reporting on what's going on there and it's it's um he's just you know sometimes in in documentary you get a character who's just delightful to watch and really you know they got so lucky and i mean the film was totally well done i I thought it was wonderful but it was interesting because it to watch a film about a nursing home that really so different from ours you know a little bit of themes that overlap, but anyway, it was great. So yeah. I would say Crip Camp and that one. There we go. And Jay, what do you got for us? Yeah, like I'm actually really engaged in the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now. Okay. So I would recommend uh, TV shows on Disney Plus. Um, there's two of them right now that I'm that I'm, I really like. Um, one, The Vision, and The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What was the second one? The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay, great. And what's your favorite uh, Marvel superhero? Well, I have a few, but the main one would be um, Iron Man. 
Okay, why? I just, you know, is the way the way Robert Downey Jr. plays it is really good. And actually, it's like witty and smart. And he always like treating whatever device or like computer system he has, he'll treat it like a human being. And he'll actually talk to it and be like, I'm sorry, stuff like that. So hmm. I, really, I really like that part. Well, thanks so much. Um, thanks for the recommendations and appreciate you, uh, your time for the interview and good luck uh, with the next stage of this project. I'm looking forward to seeing the, the full thing. Sorry, wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yep. Yeah, thank you, Eric. Of course. And Haley. <laughs>